0: Love the cases, love the clauses, love the adverbs and the antecedents, love the words. From ELFM.
1: Hello and welcome to Love the Words here on East Leeds. FM Tonight on uh, Love the Words, we have a report from Live Little Stories for Leeds, a wonderful event that happened on the 30th of July, involving various theatre companies for children and young people across Leeds, performing live for families. A wonderful, very moving occasion uh, reported by Dermot Daly. After that, we've got the second of the Found Fiction podcasts look closer but before we do any of that we're going to hear a chat that i had with aaron dawson theater teacher theater practitioner a young man who came through our next generation scheme a chapel fm i've known aaron for a long time and we were on a walk together a series of three walks organized by chapel fm for their summer project and uh, involving 17, 18 people of all ages actually walking through the wild stretches of Leeds. We're calling them wild walks. Uh, And they're led by Matthew Beltwood, the storyteller and writer. And I just happened to be talking to Aaron about Shakespeare and realised how passionate he is about Shakespeare and for conveying, communicating Shakespeare to people of his own age.
2: I've never had my vaccination. Are yeah, weasels that bad? Mm. No, measles. It's measles? Oh, me? I heard weasel. I'm going deaf. I'm I going heard deaf. weasels. I
3: heard
4: weasels.
2: I've never had the weasels. Have you had the weasels? My <laughs> <laughs> for Hamlet's got to be the uh, to be or not to be speech, which I love because it's like it's a question I think everybody needs to ask themselves at some point. Mm. And I think we've all been in that situation where we are down and. <laughs> feeling that sort of pain as well because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the entire thing is he's questioning which is better to stop the nightmares living or does he go to a nightmare he can't wake up from which is a sort of beautiful sentiment mm. and it also like Shakespeare does this thing which is really weird where he can take something so serious and add humour
5: <laughs> as well mm-hmm. like the
2: line from uh, Last Poor Yorick there's a line what says uh, he talks about how he knew Yorick, and he, you know, he was a nice fellow. And then he says, "Take tea to that lady's chamber. To this, they must paint. Come on an in. inch thick Which means, doesn't matter how much makeup put you put on now, you're still ugly. Because <laughs> he's holding the skill, and he's basically yeah. taking the mick out of it, mm.
1: Mm. which I, I absolutely love. Which is interesting, because Yorick is <clears throat> was also a joker, wasn't he? Yeah, he a was a, guy, a court jester. So he's kind of joking with a skull, whereas Yorick would have joked with him probably or with his dad as king when he was alive. Yeah, there's a mm. bit
2: before that it says he bore me on his back, I not know how often. Mm. Which means you know, he used to climb on his back and ride him like a like mm. a horse type thing as a kid. Yeah. And, and now they're... he's here all these years later holding skill mm. and still taking the mick out of him. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you, you obviously don't find because some some people with the language of of Shakespeare is quite a put-off, particularly young people, perhaps, you could say. Uh, but that's something, obviously, that you really like. Mm. So uh, mm.
2: I learnt Shakespeare in a very weird way that most people don't learn. I learnt Shakespeare in pictures mm. instead of words. Mm. For example, when I was learning Hamlet in college, the uh, to be or not to be, that is the question, is a sort of question mark hanging noose. Mm. Sorry, uh, a noose hanging a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found it much easier to connect with Shakespeare because I'm dyslexic and I work in that sort of imagery, those pictures. Mm-hmm.
1: That's really interesting. And do you think that might be a useful way for people to get to grips with Shakespeare, generally speaking, through pictures? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Yeah. And also, like, a lot of the words, like, once they're translated into English, make perfect sense, mm-hmm. like modern day English. There's a fantastic book called uh, the Shakespeare Dictionary. Mm-hmm. It's got most of the like big monologue bits,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and on the uh, other side of the page, it's got the modern translation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I absolutely adore. So when you get
1: past the the, the, diff- the initial difficulty of some of the words or some of the language, you know, you saying you're, what you're saying is Shakespeare is talking about things that we would recognise yeah. being alive.
2: Yeah. 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 He talks about stuff that matters to people in a way they can understand. Yeah. yeah. Like life and death and politics and royalty. Mm, mm. Father and sons. Yeah. Wow. Which is it's, amazing. It is amazing.
1: Thank you. That's great to hear Aaron. Yeah, when, and and just you, you you teach you're teaching Shakespeare. Right? I do, I teach
2: Shakespeare. And where do you teach Shakespeare? I teach Shakespeare in um, schools and Special units for kids with difficulties, Mm. Mm. and I use Shakespeare to teach English and stuff to them. Some people
1: think they've got to be really clever to know about Shakespeare. Everyone thinks
2: they've got to be clever and have Mm. degrees. When really, all you need is a sense of life, Mm. which everyone has.
1: Chicken pox. Sure.
6: Right. Wait, uh, Excuse me. What, what's
1: measles? Oh, so these are measles. Please, uh, they're, 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 they're little knees.
6: Please, please never say the word Varsilia again. That's the scientific term for it. Just <laughs> never
3: say what, it again.
1: Say the word for what? Neasles. <laughs> no, the other one.
7: Love the nouns. Love the pronouns. Impersonal. And personal. Love the words from ELFM.
4: Several Leeds theatre groups are joining forces to stage a citywide day of live performances that'll take place in
7: mid May 2020. Leeds-based children's theatre company, Tutti Fruity Productions, put out a call to their network of local artists and theatre companies around the city who deliver work for primary school-aged children. It was an invitation to come together and talk about how, during this immensely challenging time in all our lives, we could hold the hands of the children of Leeds, particularly those in digital poverty.
0: We'll but fantastic fantastic. Um, can you all hear awesome. me again? practitioner place. So place be first. So we're just starting
6: the contracting, and oh yeah, to, to uh, to looking at With
7: weekly Zoom meetings, quickly the discussions turned to how we could present a programme of micro-theatre and storytelling encounters performed for free across the city for small groups of primary age children and their families from the local communities of each site. Tutti Frutti... Fidget Theatre, Wrong Sambal, Alive and Kicking, One Five Four Collective, Unlimited Theatre, and Theatre Company blah blah blah. Each proposed pieces from their repertoire, and the six locations for the performances were confirmed: Shine in Harehills, Slung Low in Holbeck, Interplay in Armley, and three sites of the Leeds Little Free Libraries
4: sees the return of Children's Theatre
0: in West Yorkshire with something called Little Live Stories... This is
7: James Blakey and I'm at the
8: Holbeck in South Leeds... Home of Hi,
0: I'm Natalie and I'm at Shai. This
8: is Dermot and I'm at St Hilda's in Cross Green.
0: Hello, my name is
7: Claire marie Seddon and I'm at Headingley Little Libraries.
9: So I'm Matthew, I'm here at Interplay Theatre in Armley, it's part of Little Stories Live. Wendy um, Harris,
7: and, uh, artistic director at Tutti Fruity, was adamant that everyone involved would be paid for their contribution and by late June she'd secured funding from the Leeds 2023 Trust.
0: When lockdown first happened... Everything changed for everybody. As a theatre company who makes and tours theatre for children, tours it nationally, across Leeds and internationally, suddenly all that stopped. We had to cancel all of our tours. We had to think about our artists and we had to think about our children who were our audience. So I went back to our mission and to our values and looked at those and thought, we've got to stay true to this and we've got to make something happen somehow we've got to put children first, and we've got to work together, which is a key value of Tutti Frutti. So Tutti Frutti convened a meeting with all the theatre companies who specialise in making theatre for children and any associated freelancers we knew who were in that field. And we held a meeting and I said at that meeting, okay, we can't do what we normally do, the world isn't letting us do that at the moment, But we need to look out for the children of Leeds. The arts, they can be a solution. They can be a healer for children. They can be part of the solution to help us get through this terrible situation. And in the longer term, the arts may be able to help with a recovery curriculum for children, help with making people feel better about themselves and be part of that, um, that road to recovery, if you like. But what can we do now so i sat in on a zoom meeting with all these wonderful artists and companies and i said what can we do that's going to be extraordinary and the word that came up more often than others was the word live we wanted to try and put something live in front of those children to somehow bring them together at a time where we were being told we couldn't do that what i'm most looking forward to is to seeing families and children being brought together in a really safe way and seeing their faces, seeing them watch something live in front of them. Um, and for some of them, it'll be the first time they've done that for a very, very long time.
7: Live Little Stories for Leeds was born.
4: Several Leeds theatre groups are joining forces to stage a city-wide day of live performances. They'll take place throughout the day and aim to bring theatre... In to this
7: programme, the- we'll give you a taste of what took place on that remarkable day.
8: This is James Blakey and I'm at the Holbeck in South Leeds for Unlimited Theatres, How I Hacked My Way Into Space. The show is performed in a spectacular, fully mobile HQ called The Space Shed, which has landed here in the car park of the Holbeck.
7: Um, Hello, my name is Aisha Khan. I'm here at Slung Low to see a children's performance. Really excited. I can see lots of pink chairs, lots of bunting. It's very family friendly. in terms of where we're at now, I think post-Covid or semi-post-Covid, it's really exciting to be able to take our child out to go and see something live. This is the second time we've been here to Slumlow, and I think um, just being able to offer something to children at this point when they've been away from their friends, and um, they've not had the fun that they would normally have is absolutely brilliant, um, and we're really looking forward to what this show
4: is going to be all about.
10: Hi, so today I'm here to watch um, a play about um, how it hacked into space. Um, it's being run by the Slumlow at Albeck. Uh, this is a great venue to have. Um, we only live a couple of uh, feet down the road as such. Um, yeah, this is great.
8: I've just all. seen a rehearsal of the space shed opening, and I have to say it's very impressive. It looks from the outside like quite an ordinary painted blue wooden garden shed. Um, But when it opens, it's full of exciting gadgets and tricks inside, hydraulics. It opens like a TARDIS to reveal a whole world of gadgetry and space travel. here with um, Matt Angove, Technical Director of Slung Low and um, I just wondered Matt if you could tell us very briefly just about um, uh, the live stream element of today and just what's been happening technically in order to make this performance available to people at home who couldn't be here today. Well I think it's a it's a it's a new it's a new venture for us since all this uh, since the pandemic happened and it's just a way of us being able to to help more people see it. Um, we've never had to interact with a show that we haven't actually made before. So from a technical point of view, that was quite interesting. There was a few head-scratchy moments yesterday. Uh, but I think I think it went all right. I mean, I'm looking at the analytics on the screen at the moment and it seemed pretty consistent and so you can catch it again on watch watch again on Facebook and, uh, and YouTube on the Unlimited Space Agency's pages. What does that... Does that data say anything to you? It says that people definitely enjoyed it even though they weren't here. So we had more people watching it than were live here, and we had a good 60-odd people. So I'm here um, after the show uh, with Director of Human Space Flight at uh, Unlimited Space Agency, Mr John Spooner. Um, everyone's had a brilliant time we've really enjoyed the show we're just packing down and uh, it's very lovely to uh, be able to chat with John um, how was it for you? it was very emotional James uh, I had an actual little cry
10: during the show because there is a moment which is quite emotional and it's the first time we've done it for a while but it was just really looking up and it was uh, Steve, our technical stage manager, who was in the show at one point <laughs> said we love you John it was really lovely just being out here, doing this show, looking out, seeing all the families. And, yeah, it's been, really, it's been a really beautiful day. And really lovely to be part of a network of people, the amount of people it takes to make this happen. It doesn't have to, but I think it's been a joyful experience working with all the other theatre companies, uh, the freelance artists like yourself, just to make a thing happen across the city. And yet the story is at its heart about how even the smallest person can make the biggest difference. And I think right now and in the context of doing it here at Slunlow, who we've been friends with for a long time and have performed here a couple of times, with the work that they're doing as an arts organisation, staying a theatre company but also being very directly involved with helping delivering food, making the rest of us all look bad actually, you know. <laughs> No, the extraordinary work that's happening here. So in that context, the idea that hopefully the not just the kids, but all of us are like, yeah, do you know what? It's not for me, it's for all of us. And that yes! feels really Go important Dragon! right now. What, Go Go what I hope it means is a lot. Like you say, something to look forward to. Something that you couldn't have this experience anywhere else. Um, that it is for them as well so it should feel I hope especially special that even though we've got the live stream as well so lots of other people hopefully were joining us today on the internet but that we're here in Holbeck and it's like that whenever we do any of the outdoor events that we do so like we're here with you right here right now and there's something that happens in that moment that is very moving which I know people go Yeah, you know, it sounds a bit I don't know but it is. I think when you do it, you feel it and it's really there. So
8: Absolutely. And I think we've seen a lot, a lot of evidence of that today and what people have said. Uh, I've been chatting with John Spooner. Thank you so much for your time, John. It was a brilliant show. Everyone had Thank a, you a lovely you time. Thanks, James. Thanks, everyone.
7: Hello, my name is Claire Marie Seddon and I'm at Headingley Little Libraries with Alive and Kicking and Fidget Theatre.
0: I'm with Natalie Bellingham who's one of the actors for Alive and Kicking Today was important for artists because it gave us something to work towards after lockdown Um, it's been amazing to work with some of the best performers that are knocking about in Leeds um, to do something really important and it's been beautiful that it's been with communities so it's really allowed um, artists to see how, um, how outdoor performance and performances can work for a little while until things sort of change further um, and it's been a beautiful opportunity because obviously we all lost our work and so it was great to come back uh, to something of such high quality and the words we've got ruth cooper who is artistic director of fidget theater ruth um why was today important for
7: communities
11: oh, it's just so wonderful to have um groups of people outside watching a live performance after months of staying away from people and just seeing things through a screen. I think it was just... um, I found it really quite moving to see uh, children interacting with live performers. It was, yeah, I think it's important because um, it just gives us hope that it's going to happen again. And, um, yeah, I found it really moving and... um, yeah, a joy to see. And can you describe the weather right now, Ruth? <laughs> well, it was. We were promised sun, and rain arrived midway through the second story. But the uh, the storytellers uh, soldiered on, and the uh, provided umbrellas came in very useful. So we've not been put off by a bit of rain so far. So I'm
7: here with John Mee, who is co-creative director of Alive and Kicking Theatre Company. I've just seen Frederick the Fisherman, which was very exciting. Um, John, um, why was today important for artists?
6: Oh, hugely so, because we've been locked away for such a long time it feels longer probably than it really is but it feels like that Um, and this has been a chance for us to be breathing the same air again even though it's a little bit dangerous Um, and it's it's a chance for us to do what we work for and it's a chance for us to meet communities it's a chance for us to work together in the same space We've been doing a huge amount of zooming to families and schools. Um, we've learnt a great deal about that um, and had very good reception from both families and schools. But it ain't quite the same. Sound it had. Eventually, it had everything. It's about being together, it's about learning to take a little bit of a risk, you know, in terms of looking for the right place to be, how to feel safe. Um, and it's about recognising that we that we are social animals, um, and long may we continue to be. Because the fear would be that if we're not careful, we lock ourselves away Around from each other. Ago, folks, I suppose for for communities, it's about learning to be about be together again and care for for each other, hopefully to look after each other and to go more than that and to make sure that after this is over, that we don't go back to the old kind of ways of not getting on. Uh, There's an example to be taken from the communities that we've seen all over Leeds and we need to keep caring and loving each other.
9: I'm Matthew Bellwood. I'm here at Interplay Theatre in Armley as part of Little Stories Live. Uh, we're going to have two shows here today. We're going to have The Adventures of Walter Lemonface by uh, 154 Collective and also The Adventures of Mustacha by Theatre Company blah blah blah. And there's some people waiting eagerly outside the theatre in the rain uh, to see the shows. Uh, so can I just ask who we've got here? This is Harrison and yeah. I'm Sarah. Brilliant! Mm. Have you come far today?
4: Uh, from round
9: Oh, so not get, too far. Not too, yeah, far. Not too
4: far.
9: Are you looking forward to seeing Harrison?
7: He's nodding. He's nodding. Brilliant.
9: <laughs> Brilliant. Do you yeah. like going to the theatre? brilliant yeah. and nodding again which is good yeah. I think I've picked a, picked a time when you're eating an apple and oh having yes, a bit of a pre-show sorry, snack sorry so no that's fine don't worry
11: <laughs> brilliant so um, but I no you, you enjoy doing lots of shows at home don't you playing out your
0: own little show at home oh, so
1: you're a performer
0: well we need the source of all stories who's going to choose the beginning of the story this time Th- this
9: time over here We've just had a, a performance here of Mustafa's Moustaches Apprentice as part of Little Stories Live. And I'm here with...
4: Daniel Watson. And? Andrew Watson.
9: Brilliant. And uh, could I just ask you what you thought about the show? What did you enjoy?
12: Um, it were all right, I think. I guess it was very
0: out into the audience. So, yeah.
9: Brilliant. And what did you like?
4: I liked how they broke the fourth wall and they talked to the audience.
9: Brilliant. And uh, this was a show where you got to influence the outcome of the, the story, so uh, was that something you enjoyed as well?
12: Yes. Uh, yeah, but I do feel as though it could have been a bit more fluent with the story, as there were a few pauses.
9: Fair enough. Do you think that's because she gave them some um, tricky suggestions to work with?
12: Yeah, he's always been a bit tricky.
9: <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, can I ask, what do you think is important about seeing live theatre?
12: Um, live theatre's more out there, and it's it just feels more real, whereas watching something on TV, it kind of just feels like it's just on a screen. You don't really feel anything from it.
9: Or a potato t- turnip. It is a turnip. Walter got to hot dog land. And he looked around. He is definitely riding on a tomato. I never thought I'd say that. Where where do we think... I'm here on the set of Mustache's Apprentice with Deborah from Theatre Company Blah Blah Blah.
4: I think this event has been important for the local community because there will be some families who won't have had any kind of access to any kind of uh, cultural or artistic activity because they don't have access to computers or devices in their households. Um, But I also think even if they do... You know, children and families have had a long period of time where they haven't been able to come together as a community in a way that's enjoyable or fun or celebratory, and so this really offers them that. So as an artist, um, today has just been an absolute delight. You know, this is this is what we do. We create work for an audience that we can see, that we can hear, that we can feed off their responses, that we can take their suggestions and and, and work with those. Um, so, that kind of live encounter, that live experience, is very much at the heart of the work that we make. Um, and we, well, speaking personally, I've really missed it.
7: On the 30th of July 2020, 14 socially distanced performances by six theatre companies, supported by 15 freelance artists and practitioners, took place at carefully selected venues with invited audiences across Leeds.
0: I did- Granny Packer, it was funny. Um, I think the best thing about it is that people can just interact, but not not at this kind of time because of like this thing that's going on, but like if if this wasn't going on then it would be a time to um, meet new people, meet new friends and have a good time. Well, it's better to be. Outside and about and seeing other people than just stuck inside all day. And I know whatever you do inside. Um,
7: I really enjoyed it. Again, it brings the children into making up the story, so they feel involved and I like I like that because it's not just sitting and watching. It's it's feeling part of it. I liked it
11: because you could tell your own story, kind of. You can like give them help, like. What was in the rock? And I said, a fox. Lost in, a, in another world and watching the kids' imaginations run three
8: Yeah, it's just great for us as
1: a family to be uh, to be outside and doing something that is fun and something that engages our children. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're really grateful to
3: be here today. It's
0: better than watching telly because um, at home because. You can talk to the people and on telly, you can't actually talk to them because they're just on telly and they can't hear you. They were really
4: good stories, weren't they? We liked getting involved with them as well, I think. I just think it's brought it to life, and like I say, it sort
7: of gave me a bit of inspiration as to when I'm doing their stories, as to actually putting a bit more effort in for them. In the space of just two months, a conversation became an idea, and that idea became a fully funded event taking place in most extraordinary times.
4: Over the last four months, this will be their first time to have done that and, I, and I, you could just see their faces come alive and it was a really special day.
9: I honestly think I prefer it to go to theatre. Um, and that's not no word of a
1: lie. I don't like being in the theatre, I don't like being crammed in the seats. And then if you need to go to the toilet, you have to shuffle past everybody or if you don't like it, you're going to feel really awkward if you walk out. Outdoors seems to be the future for me. I'd, I'd much rather see a show out here, and uh, the show itself was fantastic. Really enjoyable, really emotional, which I wasn't expecting at all.
7: The venues, companies and individuals who made this event happen were... Shine, Interplay, The Holbeck, Leeds Little Libraries, Alive and Kicking, Fidget Theatre, Slung Low, Theatre Company Blah Blah Blah, Tutti Fruity, Unlimited... Wrong Sumble, Me, Pavla Bayer, Matthew Bellwood, James Blakey, Dermot Daly, Natalie Davies, Anthony Haddon, Claire marie Seddon. And last but not least, Leeds 2023, who so very generously supported our ambition and our dedication to hold the hands of the children of Leeds. This programme was produced and edited by Dermot Daly. Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM.
3: to look closer the found fiction podcast on our previous episode performer Izzy Britton and I were in our element in the Meanwood Valley Trail with so much life all around us to inspire us from birdsong to trees to the most colourful flowers growing through the most abandoned buildings and now you get to join us on another artistic adventure this time we're heading to North Leeds where I met poet Tyra Raymond for another creative search for inspiration So without further ado, let's hear what we found. We're in Chapel Allerton in Leeds. Uh, I'm joined by my special guest, Tyra Raymond. Welcome to Look Closer, Tyra.
12: Thank you very much.
3: So first of all, are you a spoken word poet? Are you a writer? Are you a novelist? What type of writer are you?
12: Um, Poetry, so mainly page poetry, but yeah, I've been performing it now for like one and a half years.
3: and we're in that
12: very place where I did my first ever performance, Seven Arts Leeds.
3: Yeah, so just beside us here is Seven Arts, the arts venue in Chapel Allerton. Um, So is that why we're here today? Is that why you brought us to Chapel Allerton, because it holds a special place for you creatively?
12: Definitely, it's where it all started. If I didn't perform here then, there would have been no other performance. So yeah, it all started here, so it's quite special.
3: And just by coming back here, Mm -hmm. I mean, does it seem like a an inspiring place, are you inspired by urban areas rather than rural areas would you say?
12: Yeah, I, I just think there's a lot more going on and I'm quite like hyped by the, the city and things like that, so yeah. And here I performed twice actually at Chapel Allerton Library, so yeah, it's, uh, that's why I feel a strong connection to this area.
3: <laughs> Very good, well we're about to undertake a creative search for inspiration And we're going to be heading down from Chapel Allerton into Chapel Town, just down the hill. And we're just going to generally comment on what we find and what could potentially spark our imagination around stories, poetry, songs, whatever type of inspiration we find, we're just going to capture it here. So let's go. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) It's interesting because last time we had Izzy Britton and we were in kind of the opposite area to here Mm. it was very rural it was around the meanwood valley trail yeah and we were inspired by the bird song and the plants and the nature that we were seeing around us and what that kind of represented and so now it's a different kind of creative adventure really it's Mm. it's uh, it's urban rather than rural so i think hopefully we'll kind of see more people and that will inspire us maybe as we're going around Mm. so yeah We're just kind of walking past Chapel Allerton Primary School here, and uh, let's see what's going on here, would you say? There's some
12: people working out. Some
3: guys exercising in the primary school.
12: Yeah, which I thought, I looked again, I thought, what is it, a primary school?
3: So, yeah, it's obviously an after-school club for for grown-ups, or it's just the location for where grown-ups work out at the moment. And I guess, like, it'd be interesting, actually, just initially, if we are talking about people, to just speculate whether one of these guys actually went to this school and Mm. whether this is a return journey for them in any way. I don't know.
12: Yeah, it could be, actually, because, like I said, when I saw them exercising and then I looked and thought, primary school, so they must have some sort of a connection with it.
3: I think if I was kind of coming back to a school, Mm -hmm. it would immediately kind of be quite an, an arresting thought to me it, a lot of memories would probably come flooding back at like the mm-hmm. school would obviously seem a lot smaller than it did back then you know what i mean it was quite yeah. an intense period for everyone's school generally mm-hmm. so yeah that's it's sparking for me like what what would it be like if you were to go back to school again in whatever form i don't know
12: gosh uh, same thing what you said really first thing is it would just be tiny compared to how it felt when i was little and but the sad thing is that my school is actually it actually moved in i went to school in halifax and okay it moved and it's funny because during lockdown i don't know what it is but i've been kind of having flashbacks or dreams if you like of my childhood in different stages and some of them have been when i've been in school and it's just felt so nostalgic and i really really miss it and i've actually been having dreams that i've been in this school exactly picturing the the stairs how
3: they used to be and how it was and wow. it just feels so ancient and yeah yeah, yeah it? impressive yeah well that's what it's reminded me of let's let's continue right. on it looks a bit odd just as staring <laughs> at guys working out you know yeah we'll head further down into chapel town yep. um yeah which is a vibrant part of leeds definitely not one i know particularly well mm-hmm. sometimes if you are feeling super inspired mm-hmm you can be inspired by just so what someone's left behind at a bus stop, yeah. so like this bench which looks quite old right, mm-hmm. next to the bus stop and someone's put a coffee down there, someone's put, not put it in the bin but their sort of sandwich foil wrapper, yeah. the cigarettes and things but it just suggests like you can kind of imagine people waiting here mm-hmm. and you can imagine kind of what they were waiting for and whether they were excited to get onto the bus, whether they were apprehensive yeah. I don't know I think like public public transport there's mm-hmm. a lot actually that you can find there creatively I think yeah. have you mm-hmm. ever been inspired when you've been waiting for a bus or you've been on a bus or like has yeah. anything kind of has that has that ever triggered any anything creative in you definitely
12: I mean I I'm really observant of everything honestly I will notice like people's behavior and. Um, Almost, uh-huh. I also believe that, like, you can take a lesson from anything and everything, even a soap, you know, if it's, don't do that in your life. I
3: and like that. Yeah. Some of
12: my inspirational uh, quotes that I write, like, people ask me, the ones that I post online, just a snippet, it's like, just a quote, uh-huh. a poetry quote. You know, they'll say when, how do you write these and why do you write them? And it's always, like, an obs- observation of something and then turning it into inspiration. So, like, anything, like, like huh. I said, a soap, a movie, looking at someone talking to someone someone having an argument you can just turn that into into a piece of inspiration really
3: yeah (laughs) no absolutely it's all about storytelling isn't it yeah like i often think when when uh, we've just i've just passed something here that i think would be interesting right so like usually when you're walking around and you can see just metaphors that you can use within stories so i've just Mm -hmm. seen here as you as you can see yeah like the tree has obviously been here I guess Mm. hundreds of years probably Mm. and then the tarmac that's gone over it very kind of much more recently and you can see the tree's actually going to be growing through the tarmac Mm. very soon Mm. just showing kind of strength even though you know and this is a this is an urban area with you know and and trees are quite I guess lonely here but Mm. you can still see the defiance in them trying to grow through the tarmac like that. It's
12: beautiful yeah. Um, What came to my mind was patience and like kind of having patience in life that it takes time to build like a tree, it takes ages to grow but yeah, yeah, that came yeah, to my kind of, mind.
3: <laughs> that, that's kind of a tree like growing through the tarmac that like, could mm-hmm. be defiance but then a tree in itself is that could symbolise patience, yeah. absolutely, playing the long game mm. definitely. Well let's head a bit further down anyway yeah. and see see what we can find. So aside from the bus stop and the group of guys we saw working out, I think this tree was the first truly inspiring sight we saw, and just seeing it grow through the tarmac like that just had a kind of artistic significance, and I'm sure Tyra and I would have been happy to pull up a couple of camping chairs and start writing in that very spot. Let's see what else we can find out here. More of your kind of beloved red brick.
12: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
3: It's a bit more of a contrast now, though. A lot of like rooftops in the distance as well.
12: Yeah, true.
3: I mean, do you have like, are you inspired by a particular viewpoint? I mean, do you like <laughs> to look over an area when um, you? Does that inspire you, or if you imagine your dream writing spot, what would mm. it look like, and where would it be?
12: Um probably nature around nature nature makes me feel really at home but that would probably be a a nice poem and not an emotional one
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i suppose Well, you'd you mean you'd feel more optimistic out there than here
12: yeah because it just nature's just as soon as like like literally my bedrooms and my my garden is literally in front of massive trees and it's always very quiet and sometimes when i've had a really long day i'll just open the window and just kind of Take a deep breath because I think naturally we're connected to nature, and um, it's just it's just beautiful having take, you know hearing the birds, the trees, the wind, and I love uh-huh. rain as well in that sense because it just yeah oh, peace. It's
3: good it's, it's uh,
12: saying that I don't I don't I don't go as much as, as on walks as I should as okay. I said to you before like you know like Ogden Waters in Halifax that's a beautiful nature reserve and um, I should go more, there more often but no I don't just claiming i don't
3: have time i think it's obvious i think that you are like you are affected by your surroundings aren't you you know your your whole mood like sometimes you feel that you're you're one person and you have opinions and you have a disposition and you are like this but yeah as you say you feel completely different when you're in nature and everything seems like bliss and you feel you probably feel more optimistic about your own life But then when you come here and we're just, I've just stopped outside, well, another one of these electricity boxes and on here is a poster that reads Solidarity with the Windrush Generation. Yeah. Obviously super topical at the moment Mm. Um, and you kind of, you walk around and you do kind of feel that, you do feel the real life here as you wouldn't in nature. Going out into nature wouldn't be where you'd want to be to tell the stories that need to be told here, I suppose. Yeah you know what I mean and people sort of I feel like if you were to yeah live your life here you would be yeah a different poet with different morals than you (laughs) would be yeah Yeah,
12: I agree with you yeah
3: let's continue on it's just nice
12: being able to connect with people like that because um, I wasn't brought up in the best of areas it wasn't really really bad but you Uh know like there were definitely drug dealers around and things like that but it's just nice because then I went to uni and things and then I worked in different kind of sectors in really good paid jobs and then not really good paid jobs and then until I finally found my place and what I felt like was for me but it's nice because then you don't judge people you can actually understand them
3: totally have compassion
12: rather than thinking well I wonder what they are like and why they do this and why they do that I just think there's always a reason behind people's behaviors
3: I imagine if you were to Mm. kind of grow up here where there'd be just people around kind of all the time and yeah the community is kind of around all the time and you're always going to be very aware Mm. of who you live around. Yeah. And there's, like I say, people kind of walking around in groups of friends, there's people queuing up outside shops, there's Mm. people waiting for buses, like, you know, you'd be inspired by characters here and you probably base a lot of your writing on characters. Yeah. Like, do you find yourself being inspired by characters you knew when you were a kid or whether you know them now? Like, do you Mm. write from their perspective or do you write from just your own or... How, what's your approach?
12: Um, I guess, like, some of my experiences have been inspired by people that I knew when I was younger, um, but in terms of my, like, writing and creativity, that's just all kind of sprung from my own experiences and emotions and, and inspirational thoughts that I might have. My goal oh, okay. is always to inspire the other person. Yeah. Of course. Oh. I just think it's nice because having a community and being around people, that's one thing I really miss because when... Obviously I was little we'd, we'd have more family friends and I think these days people are just kind of scared of each other and they just want to kind of isolate themselves and it's it's really sad because it's, I really yeah. miss that yeah. I miss going to so and so's house in an evening and I don't know like we've gone to their house my mum's gone to their house and we've done things together we've gone shopping in an evening taken a walk now it's just all about I don't know just work and go home and <laughs> yeah yeah and so <laughs> which is why you. it's really important to have like you said, creativity in your life, and you're doing something creative. Feels like normal, doesn't it?
3: It does a bit, yeah, just walking past uh, a cafe here, a cafe yeah. bar, yeah. and people kind of, yeah, exchanging stories, yeah. smiling faces, and <laughs> it's it's, nice. it is lovely to see, and it's mm. not like, it's not a city center, it's just people in their own community yeah. coming out to the local place. <laughs>
12: yeah, meeting with people that they know, and just kind of relaxing, really. Yeah. Which I guess nice.
3: Yeah, I think there's, um, I mean, i just seeing a lot of, like, banners in people's windows and things, you know, like, mm. with political statements. Yes. And a lot of it hugely topical and a lot of it, like, yeah, not surprising considering the mm. kind of, yeah, True. background of this community mm. here and yeah. what what it's kind of viling against and how it's seeking to express itself defiantly. Yeah. And, True. like, I wonder if, like, That's kind of like the tree going through the tarmac kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. Like, just through willpower, people will make stuff happen, won't they, you know? But yeah, this is clearly a place for, like, all different communities and all different types of languages that are spoken here as well. That's that's very apparent. Mm. And it's interesting that there's a lot going on in the Reginald Centre. There's a library. Mm. It's uh, a place where people can come to find a job. It's got a job shop here. Mm-hmm. There's also like an NHS presence here and a pharmacy. Yeah. Um, housing Leeds is based here. Mm. Welfare rights. Wow, there's a lot a lot actually going on in this building yes. when you just actually stop to look.
12: True. Yeah. And it's all kind of convenient to the people's needs in this community, which I think is great. So they don't have to kind of go to town. They need to see a, a housing officer or what have you. And like you said, a lot of different languages
3: yeah, a lot of languages, a lot of reasons to come here. I mean, it, it seems kind of cool that you can come here to, to sort out your housing situation yeah. and then pick up a book on your way out. Yeah. Um,
12: uh, libraries are it's where I kind of find myself when I'm doing my new book in between work. And oh, yeah. this is good. What's this? A Chapel Town Community Notice Board free advice debt advice drop-in sessions exercise program and unfortunately somebody who's gone missing
3: yeah that's that's sad tips Uh there's something here Mm. what's this a housing co-op so oh yeah a housing co-op new members wanted for a housing co-op and in other words it looks like a just a couple of flatmates wanted, but it's yeah called a housing co-op mm. instead. I guess uh, that sounds a lot more inclusive than just yeah. flatmate, doesn't it? Yeah, that's
12: yeah. Not as good as that. I mean, I, I didn't know what a housing co-op was.
3: And then there's a missing, a missing poster here. So mm. someone who went missing, who was 16 years old. Um, yeah, and I mean. I guess, I guess this, it's quite a real area, isn't it? This—it's mm. quite, there's a lot of like, sounds, maybe not the wrong, maybe the wrong word to use, but yeah, a lot of real life happens mm. here. Yeah. Um. And yeah, seeing a missing post is always a, a tragedy and it's something that also can kind of inspire you and set yeah. your imagination off into yeah. wondering about this person's life and where yeah. they must be and why they're missing and who must be waiting for them and and you see you feel your empathy kinda of coming out in those oh, yeah. situations, don't you?
12: First thing you do is think about the parents, like what they must be going through. It's just yeah. I can't really put a word to it.
3: Shall we try and head back a slightly different way? Let's go up yep. this let's cross over here. We'll just go up Reginald Street. Nice very well sleep. lit now. Yeah. yeah, very well lit. At this point, we turned back into the suburban streets towards Chapel Allerton again. And I vividly remembered the last time I was on Chapel Town Road, and it was at the 2019 West Indian Carnival. The Carnival is a hugely exhilarating event. There's just so much laughter, so much music, dancing, and it always seems to be on the most scorching day of the year as well. And the West Indian Carnival in Leeds has been going over 50 years, and... For understandable reasons, it's been cancelled this year. It would usually happen in August, and I can just imagine it being the biggest party. I can just imagine it being the biggest party ever in 2021. Yeah. I always, I, I always, you know, they have a lot of bark, don't they? The Staffies. is it a Staffordshire? like mm-hmm. but i kind of like i think they're quite cute <laughs> and you can kind of see mm. just ahead just a bit of the city skyline oh yeah and then there's a rainbow up there yep it's kind of yeah an interesting interesting perspective here i think some of the tallest buildings in Leeds, you can just see the sort of peaks of them there mm. and i wonder kind of whether you just look at that with any thought if you lived around here what, what you would think whether that mm. that would just be town and that would just be where you went yeah. to do your shopping and stuff or whether it would be looked at with aspiration yeah. whether you look at a skyline and, and aspire to to be something there yeah. to make a difference and why would you say you write like what's hmm. your reason for writing
12: um self-expression and um, words, I just think words are extremely powerful. A few words can just literally change the meaning and direction of somebody's life, even change how somebody feels. So if, if words are that powerful, then I think it's a really great way of having that as a platform to express yourself and then to inspire others through words.
3: And have you always n- known that? Or was there kind of a moment where you wanted to be mm-hmm. that person that wrote the words?
12: Well, I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I'd, you know, come home from work and, I mean, work, <laughs> from school and just, get, like, kind of write down how school went and what was happening in the home. Just always turned to the pen and paper, so yeah. it was kind of like a natural thing. And then
3: yeah.
12: um, then forming it into poems, that was at the age of 14, and then it just carried on from there.
3: Yeah. Nice.
12: I think we could go straight forward, do you?
3: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean there's something poetic about not really knowing where you're going <laughs> and but just like kind of being comfortable with that, you know.
12: Yeah, true. <laughs> when did you start writing?
3: Uh like I've written since I was physically capable. Mm. Like yeah, I, I used to love the I don't know if you'll have heard of the Goosebumps books. So like I used
12: to watch it. Did you? Oh yeah. the T
3: V show, yeah. Yeah. Same thing then. Yeah. It's right. just I love the books rather mm. than the T V show and yeah I just kind of wanted to write my own Uh, and I wrote like I used to fill these old school exercise books that they'd give you at school Mm -hmm. and I used to take some home for myself to write in and uh, it kind of uh, it just excited me to Mm -hmm. just create characters and create stories and it still does And it's like a way to entertain yourself and it's a way to connect with uh, someone else I can't think of anything more brilliant really Oh. The writing.
12: Yeah, I remember that. I remember when I used to read it at school. I Don't remember reading it much, but I do remember it being in school and reading yeah. it, and then also watching the, the TV program.
3: Yeah, let, let's look at some of this. These yeah. words that have been sort of sprayed onto the wall. So that something that's we written can here. We
12: help each other. That's nice. It's a that's sense a nice. Of unity, isn't it?
3: Yeah, we can help each other. Just printed in red no like illustration just Mm. we can help each other we can yeah yeah and i think and we have
12: stay home in green
3: oh yeah yeah Stay. yeah that's kind of a message that we've heard a lot
12: who can you help so there's a sense of unity in this area isn't it definitely definitely and that's that's what we need really
3: yeah
12: who can you ask for help so that's interesting that's getting you to kind of be confident to ask because a lot of people don't want to ask what makes a strong community. We were just talking about that.
3: Yeah, there's a little sort of story playing out here on, on the breeze block. What? The breeze blocks are just kind of concrete blocks that we're walking past just yeah. in between some rows of terrace housing. Yeah. Nice that. Yeah, nice. So it does kind of show that people mm. look out for each other here. Mm. And I think there's more as well. So, yeah, choose love.
12: Oh, and it just.
3: A few of the bricks, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see because I don't think you'd really. I think it's got to be someone who lives here that's done this because mm-hmm. this isn't like where you'd find like a, a, a project that's been managed by an arts organisation. They wouldn't really use areas like this traditionally, yeah. unless Jeez. of course they have and I'm not aware of it, but mm-hmm. usually, yeah, you, you th- this far into s- suburban sort of chapel town yeah you wouldn't kind of get a, a project like street art project this is just people expressing themselves and expressing how much they look out for each other here
12: yeah definitely
3: and that's that's great it's, it's kind of it, it it kind of fills you with like positivity and you know people are looking out for each other mm. but then you wonder kind of why they have to and, and mm. why and that's not always like a good answer that's i True. think they've had to look out for each other for not reasons that are good really yes oh uh, there's a skip here massive skip mm. on the corner house yeah let's see if anything in here that's been thrown away is like <laughs> vaguely interesting so is that there's a teddy bear poking out can you see that Just oh <laughs> Like a, it looks
12: like somebody's definitely moved out and got rid of all their uh, stuff.
3: Yeah, that's, a, that's sad. That that yeah. toy, that... Is it My Little Pony or something? Mm. Someone it's would have loved that like yeah. back in the day, and it's just there looking up at the sky in the sky. Like it's Toy Story, isn't it? <laughs> that's what it is.
12: Yes, exactly. Well spotted.
3: <laughs> and that brings our creative search for inspiration to a close for this episode before we go I've just got two events to tell you about uh, that we're busy with right now. So the first one is the Isolation to Innovation Masterclass. We're hugely excited about this at Found Fiction. It's a series of five workshops led by peer mentors in Romania, in France, Kenya and the UK. The aim is to empower artists to rebuild what's been lost during the COVID-19 pandemic and also to connect with others from around the world. If that's something you think you'll be interested in and you need check out bit.ly slash isolation to innovation and that's the number two there. The next event is Street Stories and this is a street literature project celebrating the hidden voices of the Quarry Hill neighbourhood in Leeds. Found Fiction has been delivering this project working with four different writers across the city to create short stories about Quarry Hill characters past, present and future. And you'll get to see these stories displayed across the whole area of Quarry Hill as large text installations. And we're taking over everywhere from the bus station to Quarry House to the new Soyo construction site and a number of really intriguing abandoned spaces too. And to find out more about that, go to bit.ly/slash quarryhill. Thanks for listening. We're grateful to everyone who joins us on our creative search for adventure. Look out for our next episode next month, where we'll be in a different neighborhood with a different special guest. To get updates, follow Found Fiction on social media. We're pretty easy to find if you just search Found Fiction on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also go to foundfiction.org for more updates. And that's all we have time for today. Please join us next time and take care of yourselves. Thank you.
1: Finally on Love the Words, a song portrait. I've been working uh, on a project funded by Leeds Inspired, writing eight song portraits of older people around Leeds, built up over phone conversations. This one is of Mark Raven, and it's called Exuberant Personality.
2: I'm
5: an exuberant personality I like to be with people, people lift me Having a chat, I'm glad of that But writing a letter is even better Sixty minutes it takes for me to write that letter Four The number of letters I received today Forty Total of years I've been writing letters, 1,000. The aggregate of letters I wrote in five. And if it was my last day on earth, I've one wish, and that's to give a song out to the world. I would sing an Elvis Presley tune. That's all right, Mama. That's all right now, Mama. Anyway you do, I'm an ardent correspondent. There's nothing makes me less despondent. When I'm on that typewriter, I am free to write what's on my mind. Words they liberate me. If it was my last day on earth There's one thing I'd like to say Sing it out to the world I would sing it loud and sing it true That's all right now, mama That's all right now, mama Any way you do 6,000. The number of hymns written by Charles Wesley. 4. The times I have read Side Away the Rosie. 50. The years I've been a member of the Free Church. 63. The years I've been watching cricket at Headingley. And when it is my last day on earth, I will sing an Elvis song, sing it out to the world. Love me tender, love me true That's all right now, mama That's all right now, mama Any way you do Sixty, fifty, forty, ten One, fifty, thirty, four Six thousand, one thousand, three, five, nine Sixty-three for month. is zebra and